Hi, I'm David Fuller. Welcome to Sense in the City, Athens. Or welcome back if you're a subscriber or regular listener. Thanks for all your comments and feedback. We love hearing your reactions to the episodes. You can contact us via all the usual social media channels and via the website. In this episode, I sit down with Alexia Ambrazi to discuss the unique coffee culture of Athens. From traditional Greek coffee to frappes and freddos. Don't worry, it'll all become clear. If you want to buy us a coffee, you can do that too. Just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash sense. Let's get into it. So here we are at Da Capo Cafe, which has been around since 1991 in Kolonaki Square, one of the sort of more trendy, posh, cool areas of Athens. And Da Capo is like the the heart and soul of Kolonaiki cafe culture. And we're here today to speak about exactly that, Athens's coffee culture. And there's a lot of it around, isn't there? There is. There is. The fact that it's three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and people are drinking coffee and not beer <laughs> says a lot. Beer <laughs> at three o'clock? <laughs> on a Sunday? Of well, Dave, since how long have you been coming to Athens? It's quite a long time now. first time I came to Greece was in 1999, actually. Okay. I came on my own as a backpacker. All right. I didn't make it to Kolonaki. I didn't have the budget. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a backpacker's uh, preferable sort of area of uh, perambulating. So you know enough about how, how much Greeks so, love their coffee. Yeah, so that was now. the first time, and then I met my wife. Uh, in London, and she is half Greek. Three so times you a year. didn't meet her in Athens as a backpacker. No. Uh-huh. no. So yeah, last, last 10, 11 years have been here. Pretty much Christmas, Easter, summer, every year. So. So you know the place. I know it pretty, pretty well. well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me um, how you would order your favorite coffee. We're both drinking uh, espressos now, called espresso freddo. Uh, which we'll be talking about in a minute and explaining to to people what the different types of favorite coffees are. So that's one of the definite favorites. But I want you to tell me how you would order that in Greek. So I, I would use. I used to order a frappe. When there's you only first two. Came here. Yeah. So there's only two words that I that I knew. So in my very very broken, it would be frappe metrio, which I believe means one sugar. Well, yeah. metrio is two teaspoons usually. Okay. It's medium, 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 medium sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what about the milk? Uh, no milk. So how do you say that? I know the milk bit's gala, but I can't remember <gasps> the other bit. Oh my gosh! So you've been coming <laughs> since 1999, and you don't know how to say. Well, plain. I know that polygala is more milk, lots of milk, <laughs> but I don't order it like that. But I know that. <laughs> okay, so this is a chance to teach you and our listeners how to order a Greek coffee without sugar. So that's sketos. So sketo. And then if you're having coffee with a little bit of sugar, so that's like say half to one teaspoon, that's meoligi. Then there's metrios, and then there's Glicos, which is sweet, which would be say three teaspoons, and believe it or not, some people have it extra sweet, which would be polyglicos. I do believe it, yes. And then there's sketos, megala, mepoligala, as you said, and also people choose the type of milk, so they might like it with plain milk, so it's just gala, or they might like it with evaporé, evaporated milk, right? Which here is usually nunu, 
<laughs> and then there's the froth. Then there's the froth milk. Froth milk with uh, afrogala mm. mm -hmm. or chantilly, you know, whipped cream. Yeah, now we're getting into dessert. It's, it's, it's not coffee. To, well, <laughs> you'd be surprised. I know that there are some people who make because the people, some people are so obsessed with having a good head of froth on their coffee that they actually have made egg white froth on okay. people's coffees. Believe it or not, and I've had one of those without knowing. I was drinking a sort of unbaked meringue, and uh, it was actually quite nice. Mm. But anyway, you a mentioned a healthy, a healthy heart omelet on top of your <laughs> yeah. coffee. High protein <laughs> coffee, exactly. <laughs> so let's tell our listeners what frappe is, because that was the coffee of Greece uh, in the since from the 70s until I would say the early 90s, mid 90s. Yeah, it was the it was the thing that you saw everybody drinking. Um, if you came if you came to Athens, or you're on the beaches, or on the islands around, you'd see people drinking their frappes, and it used to last forever. But as I understand it, a frappe is basically instant coffee, like a Nescafe or the other brands are available. And the process of mixing instant coffee with a small amount of water and mixing it very fast, either with a beater or with a uh, jug, creates a very strange foam, which I think you could probably use to do concreting with, actually. <laughs> It's fairly solid, right? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you have ice underneath the foam, the ice will not float above the foam. Exactly. And the straw will stand straight up in it. It's, it's fairly industrial strength stuff. It's definitely industrial strength stuff. And, uh, you know, you mentioned people drinking coffee on a Sunday afternoon and that being surprising. Well, for a bet, being this turbocharged cafe, high caffeine coffee, I would see people drinking it usually around 8 o'clock at night, I mean from the morning until even 8, 9 o'clock at night. Why? Because in the classic Greek weekend or holiday mode, you have a rest, a siesta, which are a bit rare nowadays, but then in the frappe years it was still more common. So you'd have a rest in the afternoon and then you drink your frappe like, as in uh, maybe Australia, people would drink probably a, the same a one. And I, think the, I, think the, <laughs> I think the Greeks hold, must hold the record for the longest time sitting on one cup of coffee. Yeah, so you, you exactly. This always surprises me. I, I have never achieved that, but uh, but so you would have your frappe to keep you fueled all right. night long because Greece is also famous not just for its coffee culture but for its nightlife culture. Yes, that's true. I have seen people in late afternoon, as you say, fueling up on the caffeine so they can get through their, their nightclub night. Exactly. Uh, now going back to frappe, because uh, this is a, as you said, it was a, a big deal. You know, it was like part of the Greek culture really. I mean, it represented what Greece was about. When you came here especially, it was like really a, in its peak. So let's talk a little bit from well, there's an, And there's an industry around it. You know, if you buy Nescafe or other... Uh, We're not advertising here, by the way. We're not. Other coffees Definitely are available. Definitely not. Other just coffees are available. But they'll come with a shaker. Right? Bad. <laughs> Sorry, I have to say that because instant coffee is not a healthy coffee. But anyway. Indeed. But they come with a shaker, with a frappe uh, shaker. Yeah. And yeah. there's frappe Eventually. mixers. Mm -hmm. uh, which Those are still, metal ones. Yeah, they still sell them. I saw it on my Instagram yesterday, someone advertising to me. I must have overheard us. <laughs> so this, this mixer you're mentioning, it's like a mini, mini mixer. It's like this plastic handle and it's got a battery in it. 
and it's got a little metal stick with a, um, a round, what is it called, mesh thing. And like you turn whisk. it on, yeah, yeah and it like kind of whisks. The secret is not too much water. Exactly. Because I always, I was always trying to make them, and I, I always failed. And I, and until YouTube was invented, <laughs> I didn't realize that actually the secret to making frappe was a small amount of water. I'm just trying to picture you now watching YouTube videos on how to make a frappe. There's thousands of them. <laughs> wow. And it was originally created at the International Trade Fair in Thessaloniki. Uh, when the, they were promoting a, cho a new chocolate drink and uh, an employee called uh, Dimitrios Vacondios uh, wanted to have his usual instant coffee during a break but couldn't get any hot water so he somehow came up with this idea of creating the frappe by using a shaker and cold water wow. and there you go there you go and apparently frappe means in French to hit or to shock frappe Okay. <laughs> Which, as we said before, definitely happens when you have one of these things. Because the caffeine gives you a slap and knocks you up off your feet. Yes. Now, I actually have a whole book on frappe, believe it or not. Look at this. It's called Frappe We're holding it, we're holding it up to the microphone. <laughs> well, I'm showing it to you, actually. <laughs> uh, and the, I interviewed these two people a long, long time ago on a radio show. They're Vivian Constantinopoulos and Daniel Young. They actually wrote a book in 2006 about Frappe. And it's the one and only book about not just the drink itself, but what we're talking about today, the whole of Greek coffee culture, which then was based around the Frappe, but has quickly progressed onto the Freddo. And I just want to read one thing that we were talking about. The apparatus that sets in motion can be as elaborate as a programmable multi-speed steel-bladed high-torque blender or as basic as an old lidded jar working in tandem with a free hand that shakes it. So, let's go from frappe to freddo. Okay. Which is the drink that Greeks have today. Yes. And which is what we're having today as well. You say freddo in Australia, people think of a chocolate frog. A ch what? Really? <laughs> a chocolate frog? Yes. As a, as a child, we grew up with Fredo frogs. Alright. Like a, a chocolate, a chocolate yeah, shaped like a frog. Well, Fredo but here means, it means cold. It, well, it's an Italian <laughs> word for cold, but the Italians don't make Fredo in, in Italy. They don't. This is again a Greek creation, because it's yes. using espresso, which obviously the Italians use a lot but in a way that the Italians don't use it. Can you tell us how you make your freddo? I don't. So oh, I, you don't? No. I, well, I don't, for some reason I don't get the foam on top when I make cold espresso, so I don't know what the secret is there. You get the right foam for a uh, frappe, but not for your freddo? Are you supposed to do the same thing, are you? Yeah! Oh, <laughs> Just use your milk frother. Right. Well, I have a milk frother that has a hot and cold setting, so you can make cold, uh, cold foam as well. Now, this is relatively recent, as, as we say. Now it seems to be standard. Yes, it's absolutely standard. And then, basically, just to tell our listeners, I how think you it's a, I think it's a commercial decision. Because you can't sit on one of these as long as you can sit on a, on a frappe. Yeah, I guess caffeine-wise, you would take longer with a frappe for sure. Just to quickly tell you how to make it, you just make espresso and add what, as much sugar as you like, and then pour it over ice, a glass full of ice cubes. And if you have a frother, you throw in some frothy milk on the top, and that's it, really. Although apparently there are some espresso 
blends that are better than others for cold coffee. Oh, really? So even the pod, even the pod uh, coffee machines now have pods which are specially for cold coffee. Do you think that's a real thing, or they're just like it's as you say, like another form of commercial manipulation? There probably is some science behind it as to which oils will be released at different temperatures. I imagine. You've been sold, haven't you? I haven't. I'm, I'm just trying to think think out loud as to why they might have gone. Oh, it's like tea bags, right? Tea bags don't work in cold water. Yeah. I was in a cafe down by the beach on Friday, and down there, as I walked along and I kind of knew we were doing this, I said, I'll have a look at who's drinking what. And most people were drinking traditional Greek coffee. Really? Yeah. So there were a few Fredo, uh, Fredo Espressos, Fredo Cappuccinos, but most of the people in that particular cafe on a Friday morning were drinking traditional Greek coffee. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about traditional Greek coffee, which originally came from Turkey. Yeah. Uh, so it was Turkish coffee, and then uh, the Greeks started. The Greeks from Turkey, from well, from Smyrna, started to make it, and then brought it to Greece. Apparently, it's the healthiest type of coffee. It's uh, rich in antioxidants, so it's got a lot of health benefits. It's very popular, especially I would say, on in more sort of. Um, rural or island communities, you don't see it so much in the city. That's why I'm surprised to hear that you saw a lot well, of people Well, I think it's also a it. different experience, right? Because a lot of people here, unfortunately, just stick their coffee in a plastic cup and take it away. You know, and whether yeah. it's a taxi driver who's got their coffee, you know, in the next to them while they're driving their taxi. That's or the curse of coffee, so, isn't it? Somebody's, someone's curse. taking it to work or whatever else. You know, it's, it's very much, in the city, it's very much more of a takeaway type, type of activity. Whereas I guess maybe if you're sitting by the by the sea and you've got a couple of hours to kill, then a green coffee is a you know more appropriate kind of thing to, to drink. And you can read the Greek coffee, just like I have this spectacular book on Frappe, called Frappe Nation, as I said. I had a spectacular book on reading Greek coffee. There was actually a book written about it in Greek, unfortunately not unfortunately for our foreign uh, listeners, which basically shows you all the symbols that you might see in a coffee cup and what they really mean according to the old folk legends. Now, I've done uh, readings many, many times as fun, of course, just for fun for myself and friends based on that book. I've also been to professional Greek coffee readers uh, again, for maybe for journalistic purposes, don't judge me. <laughs> and of course, there's always someone's old aunt or grandmother or weird cousin who is an expert in Greek coffee reading. And I'll just give you a few tips on that. You drink your Greek coffee when you're having it read. You usually focus on a certain thought or right. something that matters to you while you're drinking it, right? Then at the end, when, you, when you've reached like the sludgy bit, you obviously don't ever drink the sludgy bit, but you stop a little before you would normally, so you leave a, a little bit of extra sludge, and um, you overturn the coffee cup, they turn it around three times, and then they do the sign of the cross over it, sometimes, not always, for the non-religious, and then uh, you overturn the cup again and you look inside it. Now the bottom of the cup represents the past, the middle of the cup represents the present, and the top of the cup represents the future. So okay. whatever symbols you see in those different areas are also based on those times of your life. Right. And a lot of people base their entire uh, love life or 
careers on the coffee cup. I would not advise you do that, the, ever. Prophetically, <laughs> there was a very large gust of ghost-like wind that came through as we were, to as yes, we were talking about with that. leaves and everything. <laughs> actually, I think I've got one in my hair. You know that there's actually a couple of cafes in Athens that do coffee, Greek coffee cup reading, and I've been to one of them. And you, it's based on this culture, of course, which spans back hundreds of years. And uh, you can go there and have your coffee cup read and uh, pay, I think it's about 30 euros a person or something like wow. that. And when I went, it was interesting because whatever they said to me about my present was spot on. And it, like with many types of fortune telling, you think, is it, are they reading my mind? Are they reading my aura? You know, what is it? How do they do it? Or are they reading the coffee grains? Very spot on. Things, people in my life, things that I was doing, things I was trying to decide on. But anything they said about the future was absolute nonsense, I have to say. <laughs> Unfortunately for a couple of them. Might get it right something. What's the saying say? Uh, even a stopped clock is right, is right twice a day? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think, it's, I think it's something like that. But it's still a fun thing to do, for sure. I think the main thing about whether it's frappe or fredo, about drinking coffee in Athens, is first of all, it's everywhere. There's cafes around every single corner, and the cafes are not just pouring old little cafes, they're usually quite designery and artsy and decked out with sometimes books and records and artworks and going to a cafe in Athens is quite an experience and it's a very common one but always a very exciting one. But there's been sort of waves of coffee and not just here you know around the world whether it be Melbourne Australia is an, is an incredible coffee city to the point where you kind of feel intimidated going and ordering because you might order the wrong, the wrong thing and the baristas tend to look down their noses at you if you order the wrong thing. But here I think it's like the bar culture here, it's, it's changing with the times and younger people expect different things from you know an older crowd. You know, I think though Dave, tell me if you agree with this, that for Athenians it's not so much about the coffee itself. Uh, it's more about just being out and chatting with your friends and watching the world go by and being extroverted by nature. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's an excuse to get together and talk and, and it's be part of a community. Again, I think that whether it's combining it, it with your, for an older generation, whether you're combining that with a game of backgammon or whether you're combining it about talking politics or whether you're you know, out for a, you know, for a lunch or whatever else, it's just, it's just part of that outdoor culture. But also, Athens is obviously very blessed with, with the climate. So, you know, you can sit outside with a, an outdoor heater, or you can sit with a fan, or you can sit, you know, whatever. And so, it's, it's an activity you can do year-round. Yes, we have good climate. And, and different people arrange their days around different, as you say, if, you, if you're young and you're going out to a nightclub, then maybe you go and have a coffee at 5 o'clock because you want to, to get through the night. And yeah. if you're uh, someone who comes out in the morning for a 10 o'clock in the morning coffee, just because that's the routine, or you want to chat to your friends, or you want to talk, to what I haven't seen, which is interesting, as much here as in other cities around the world, is that coffee, the cafes have become workplaces. You know, we're recording in summer 2021. The last 12 months or so, people have been working remotely, or forced to work remotely. You know, before, if you go to London and you go to a coffee shop, you'll, you might see... 10 people with a laptop yeah. working. Uh, and this was before COVID. 
Yeah. Or you go to Melbourne in Australia and you might see 10 people working with a laptop. You don't see people working in cafes on laptops in Athens as much. No, not definitely not as much. And as a permanent resident, I can uh, vouch for that. But I can also say that in the last few years, and again, before all this lockdown business began, this did start to become a bit of a trend. And there are some cafes, uh, which we can put in the show notes, which are centered a little bit more on that. And those are usually the third generation style, trendy, hipster kind of uh, cafes as well. Well, it's all about power. They have healthy, you know, snacks and as a uh, as a, a digital nomad of many years, it's all about power. What do you mean, electricity? Where you can plug in. <laughs> as long as you can pl- charge your laptop somewhere, that's the only decision there is. Well, Obviously, you need good vibe, wi- you need good it? Wi-Fi and you need power. And then the vibe is uh, is important. Because <laughs> I used to go to this cafe. I had a, a, a there was a period where I was moving house, and I, so I didn't have internet at my house because it was being transferred and to a new place. Anyway, and I was going a lot to this place in Exalta called Caldi, which is one of the ones I mentioned. And it was very much for me also the fact that there's other people there working, yeah. and there's that fuzzy but quiet vibe. It's not like a thousand people blabbing on on and laughing right. around you. Right. Plus, it's also, you know, it's easy if you're doing something that, you know, if you're writing or you're creating something on the laptop on your own, if you're coding or you're, or you're blogging. I, I'm not sure whether cafes and Zoom calls go together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's a different story altogether. But said, it also hasn't gone for the stupid end, although there are some. I believe there's a thing called third wave coffee. I'm not into yes, that coffee as well. Yes, that's right. right. But now we've gone sort of full... It's the cafes that look like science labs, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And look like they're distilling something. Yes, <laughs> they usually are. That's why. <laughs> and they have these weird shaped bottles and mach- really expensive equipment. And they make cold brews and all kinds of weird blends. Yeah. Part of the... Um, change has been the entrepreneurship, the younger entrepreneurship, and which has come from Greeks actually leaving the country and exploring different cultures and coming back. Athens is one of those cities that is still very, I want to say, it retains more of its local culture than a lot of other cities worldwide. Mm. I mean, there's still a lot more of it independent businesses here. You know, you don't see the high street. Polonaki is slightly different, but most of the, <laughs> most of the streets, most of the streets in Athens aren't the same brands that you would see everywhere else in the world. Yeah, you know, they're, they're independent shops, they're independent cafes. I mean, I think there's probably only what two Starbucks in Athens, yeah. three. Each cafe, well, not every single one, but a lot of the cafes have their own character, their own style, their own. It's like a little boutique of uh, the owner's vision. And well, there are chains. There's, there's, you know, there's a couple of coffee chains here that yeah. you see sort of, you know, around. But it's not like London, for example, where if you say to someone, "I'll meet you in Starbucks," you have to ask them which one because yeah. there's three within the same block. Yeah. What do you think that's about? Do you think it's uh, the, the Greeks love their independence so much? Well, I think it might have had something to do with the financial crisis. You, you may not have expanded your business to Greece because it may have been a risk or there would have been some uncertainty there. Post-financial crisis, I think it's changed amazingly. You know, there's bars, there's stores, there's new brands. And obviously, from a hotel, I mean, look at the hotels, the number of new boutique hotels in Athens. Yeah. Hundreds, hundreds of them. Yeah. Uh, so now is different. But back then, maybe when all the other sort of international coffee brands and other brands were expanding, Greece wasn't necessarily a place where they would have fed 
we're going to go there. It's still a small market at the end of the day. But it's interesting because uh, also places like McDonald's and Pizza Hut and KFC and all these like global brands of uh, foods or whatever, chains as you say, those never really do very well here either. But why, but why would you? Different you know, people travel for different reasons. Well, yeah. But interestingly, um, you say Starbucks didn't do very well in Australia. It, in fact, it, I think it failed completely. And the reason that Starbucks didn't work in Australia is because coffee, Italian coffee, has been there forever. Yeah. You know, when I was a five-year-old, I'd have a cappuccino. You had a cappuccino at five? Oh, yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> you go to the local cafe, it was mostly frost. You know, I didn't necessarily drink the bit at the bottom. That's why I had cappuccino, not espresso. There's a big Italian community in Melbourne, there's a big Greek community in Melbourne, and, and coffee from an espresso machine has been around forever. So when Starbucks brought their weird version, which is all milk and no coffee, Australian coffee drinkers kind of went, what is this? Yeah. You know, this, isn't, this isn't coffee as we know it. Originally, coffee houses, as I think you mentioned much earlier, were called the Café Nio, and it was just a place for men uh, who would meet there and have play their tavli and maybe you know, swig a little bit of tzipur uh, or raki as well as the coffee and, uh, you know, just get away from the wives while the wives were, talk, of course... Talk politics very loudly. Talk politics or whatever, <laughs> yeah, listen to, to TV when, when there was TV very loudly as well. And the women were at home. Um, so, you know, and I've been to a few places like that in the middle of nowhere on some, you know, rural places where you literally walk into the cafe and it's all men, old men usually. And you're just like, oh my god. Uh, but that's changed so much. And I think that this whole cafe culture also represents that. You know, that yeah. it's men and women, it's youth, it's being open. It's not this kind of closed culture, yeah. you know, of a sort of patriarchal culture. You're not shooed away from your table, whether it's food or coffee. In a lot of cities, you know, you have a kind of sometimes spoken, some usually unspoken time limit on how long you stay, right? In, yeah. in Greece and in Athens, you can just spend hours and hours at your table sipping your Even coffee. Even to the point where, um, <laughs> where you can go for a swim. <laughs> As I'm sure you experienced. Well, yeah, it happens here, it happens on the islands. You can sit in a cafe, you can have your coffee, and you can go and have a swim, you know, strip, strip down to your swimming gear, <laughs> go for a swim, come back to the same table. Which is pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> I think that's pretty amazing, and especially for a country that has been through a financial crisis. I love the fact that this did not change. Yeah. You know, they didn't try and sort of see people as numbers uh, and how much money they can make in a day. It was more like, and people have been ordering a lot less than they used to since the financial crisis. Tell me honestly now, do you consider yourself um, a coffee drinker that say, similarly to wine, can tell the difference between a really good coffee and a really terrible coffee? And I don't mean if it's burnt, obviously. Yes, sometimes, sometimes. So what, what if do you I'm drinking, so, if I'm drinking something like a flat white, then sometimes I can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you what the difference was, mm -hmm. but I could, I could say this is a newer. Yeah, some of the newer coffees do have a very distinct taste. I don't know what you can tell about a person whether they're a coffee drinker or a tea drinker. Probably says something about them. So tea, tea here isn't a thing at all. No, not really. <laughs> no, it's still very niche. Well, you've got your mountain teas, which I think you spoke about in one of the episodes earlier. 
which is quite interesting. Probably one of those hidden secrets that you know needs to be rediscovered. I think Greeks look at tea more, as you mentioned, the mountain tea, more as a sort of a restorative or medicinal kind of thing that they'll have in the winter. Uh, they'll have their chamomile or their mountain tea or their mint tea or whatever. They don't look at it as something to drink uh, on a social basis, but it has improved. I mean, I remember in the 90s, I used to travel to remote parts of Greece, for example, and be shocked. You'd be in some beautiful mountain village and ask for a cup of tea, you know, this was during winter travels, and they'd offer Lipton yeah. or, you know, one of those uh, universal black tea brands. And I was like, uh, hello, you have herbs practically growing into the walls here, and this is all you have. And that has changed. Yeah. Now it's become more on trend for cafes, not only around Greece, but in Athens as well, to have Greek blends. And there's a lot of good Greek uh, brands that make nice mixes of Greek hand-picked, wild, organic, etc. You know, alluringly Greek, healthy teas. Well, they look amazing. You go to a tea shop here, and there's just the variety is incredible. Most of it in Greek, so you wouldn't know what it was unless you kind of you know, knew what you were looking at. Um, but What's yeah, the difference between the price here? Because down in Central Athens, a coffee will cost about 180. Uh, here it would be about 350, yeah. I reckon. Down, and down the coast they can charge up to 5 euros. Well, if you're having the view to go with it, then obviously... <laughs> yeah. I took a photo, I'm going to have to I'll look it up while I'm here. But I took a photo the other day in Monastiraki of the menu. Here we are. So this was a random, a random coffee shop in Monastiraki. So the cent, absolute centre of Athens. Espresso 150. Double oh. espresso 180, Americano 2, Cappuccino 2, Espresso Freddo 180. There you go. And your flat white Freddo, I've got no idea what that would taste like. Tea, two pounds for tea, two euros for tea. That's a lot. But again, it depends on the cafe, not only the neighborhood. I mean, obviously in Kolonaki, everything will be more expensive generally. But you can be in city, and if you're in a fancy, trendy, or hip, kind of cafe, the coffee might be three euros, um, maybe just down the road in a more plain cafe, it will be like 150. Another thing that I've noticed at these third generation cafes is that they also, a lot of them actually sell the, they'll grind the coffee there for you and put it in bags and you can take it home for your, your own uh, cappuccino machine. Yeah, we like merch. Merch is good. Yeah, merch is, merch? Isn't that an Indian place? No, I mean merchandise. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's also an Indian place in BC, also. I got very confused there. And a lot of these cafes also, not a lot, but some of the sort of more, more popular ones now also have sites where you can either order delivery at home or order coffee that's ground for you and delivered. I think we're going to be kicked out. They're moving all the yeah. chairs away. Yeah. Well, we're doing the Greek thing, the doing Athenian the thing, thing, and sitting out and having our coffee, and we will not budge. But I do want to have a whinge. A whinge? Oh, yeah. why? I want to have a rant oh, around right. coffee in Greece. Go and on, the then. thing I want to whinge about is plastic cups, plastic lids, and plastic spoons. I agree with you on all counts. <laughs> I think it's the cold culture. So it's, it's the, if you're doing paper cups, the, the sitting on a cold coffee for a long time and paper cups doesn't really work. No. So that's maybe why the plastic cups um, are around. 
But I don't see why every cup has to have a plastic lid, and every straw has to have be plastic, and every plastic straw has to come in a plastic packet. I have to tell you one thing that I find, I love this. There's this, uh, well, it's a sort of sandwich and coffee chain called Grigoris, and uh, they have, as an option, where you, where you go pick up your coffee, they have uh, Greek Paschizio pasta, yeah, which is like straws. straws yeah. So you can, of course, the straw again. If you leave it in your coffee for too long, <laughs> you got a noodle. You got a noodle, a wobbly noodle. But if you're having your coffee, you're just slurping it down like I do. It's, a, I think, it's just a brilliant yeah, idea. Yeah. And you can always buy a packet of when you're in Athens, buy a packet of pastizio pasta and use it as straws I at think home. Maybe some of these, some of these bigger brands and cafes need to take some leadership and say, you know. Don't offer straws as standard or, you know, offer permanent straws. It must be a great branding opportunity to do metal straws with your brand kind of engraved into the side of it. I've talked to cafes about this, and they said it's very, very expensive to do that. Yeah, to I'm get sure your it is. Merch. I'm sure it is. Well, the other thing to do is what they do in Starbucks in the UK is they charge. So if you want a lid, you get, you get charged. Put a lid on it, I'll make you pay. Yeah. Yeah, but it's fine. It's like plastic bags in the supermarkets. It's a disincentive. It says, yes. okay, well, you don't, you don't, you can have a take a plastic cup if you want, but we're going to charge you fifty pence for it. And I imagine that would change people's behaviour quite, quite quickly. Yeah, it's, uh, I think definitely. And but I have seen that they're they're selling more bamboo cups and uh, you know ecological alternatives and you know even stainless steel straws uh, in in some of these cafes. Not obviously enough of them. Uh, so that's a start, and then there's, there was an interesting place called Plasticurgia in Exadia on Asclepio Street, uh, which was a, it was a global project where you basically create a shop that recycles plastic. You have a lab in the back and a, a store in the front, and they were doing that with all the local coffee shops. They were gathering all their plastic cups that had been disposed of in the shop mm -hmm. or outside the shop where people sit outside and uh, have their coffee there. So if there was one of those in every neighborhood, it would be already yeah, huge. Yeah, absolutely. Huge but I just think, you know, Greece is such a lovely place and, you know, obviously relies on tourism and, and beaches and, you know, yeah. the sea. It's just such a shame to, if, if that suddenly you're spending whatever it is to have a lounger on a on a beach in Mykonos and all you can see is plastic coffee cups washing up in the sea. It's, you know, self-defeating <laughs> in the long run. I did a beach cleanup with my son several years ago and we literally covered an area of about five meters. I mean, it was a huge beach and this was on the island of Andros. And within only those five meters, we filled up four of those massive plastic bags, the rubbish bags, the black ones. And it was mainly straws, coffee cups, plastic coffee cups, and plastic water bottles. Mm. I mean, it was shocking what yeah. we found, like buried under the sand. And my son, who was then like three or four years old, was ranting like you're ranting now. <laughs> you know, so, um, and he'd say, why, mommy, why? You know, and I, we literally were exhausted. We couldn't continue, you know, I mean, this, this took hours to do, these five meters. Yeah. Contrary to what we've been talking about. <laughs>
<laughs> you can't what is that? What's the phrase? Sod's law or something you can, like you that. You cannot sit on a coffee forever <laughs> in Kolonaki on a Sunday afternoon. What is going on? I don't understand. So they've literally packed up all the literally chairs. Literally all the tables and all the tables. And we are the only ones left. They're sweeping around us. They're being very polite though, let's be honest. Yeah, no yeah. one has even it's, said to us that we have to go. It's one of those... Let me just ask, what's you, the thing at there? Okay, so that's something to let our listeners know and us. That uh, because of COVID, obviously there's less clientele generally everywhere. And uh, on Sunday specifically, they shut earlier. Right. So it's so not. As they say it's the, not a daily thing. As they say in the classics, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It, exactly, <laughs> and especially in others, we don't have to go. Okay. Shall we? Well, do that's it? An, that's an, that's it for another episode. Okay. <laughs> it was great chatting. And I think I'm all buzzed up now from all yeah, that caffeine. I've already had two coffees, so this was my I third today. I don't normally today. drink coffee this late. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I imagine if we'd had a frappe. <laughs> I had a frappe this morning. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> and that's it for another edition of Sense in the City Athens. Thanks for joining us. Please like, share and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at Sense in the City Athens. You can find us on Facebook at Sense in the City World. And if you like what you hear and you want to support the team behind the podcast, you can become a Patreon subscriber or buy us a coffee. Links are included in your podcast app and on our website, which is senseinthe.city. Until next time, see you later. Sense in the City is produced by Pilot Media and Ruby TV.